How many is thankful we serve a God of the dream and the dreamer? Say it like you mean it, mean it like you say it. It don't cost a bit more to dream big than it does little. Today I will have my faith built by the word of God. Come on, say it. Yes. By which he will. Yes. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I think the reason that I wanted to sing that song this morning and the reason it was just churning in my in my heart is because I want to talk about response. And do you know that your feeling and perception of how someone else feels about you a lot of times determines your response. Like for instance, if someone were to tell me today, Gracie said she hates you and she don't want to ever be around you again, I would absolutely, I wouldn't even have to think about that. I would say, that's, that's ludicrous. She needs my money. No, 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 no. I'm... <laughs> I would say that's ludicrous because she shows me how much she loves me and appreciates me. I wouldn't believe that at all. I would absolutely reject that immediately because I understand she's my daughter and she loves me. Now, the money part, there's a little truth to that too. (laughs) But that's not the reason that I would reject that statement. Have you ever been told... Hey, I talked to somebody on the phone. I, I told them, I told them the truth. I told them how I felt. I told them exactly what I've been going through, and I told them how I felt about them. And you just, they just go on and on. And how many of you don't? This is rhetorical. Don't raise your hand, please. But when you told that person, I told them this, and I did this. How many of you may have thought that you asked even? So, so what was their response? When you said that to them, what was their response? So your response will be totally and completely determined on the security that you have in Jesus Christ. How much you believe that He loves you. How much you have confidence that what this Bible says is true. See, I believe it from Genesis to the maps. I believe every word of this. Somebody says, well, you know, it's man's interpretation. No, it it was God-inspired. And I'm thankful. Oh, I know that there's lots of translations and lots of ideas and lots of commentaries and all that. So I understand we have to do the very best we can with what we have. But I guarantee you today that I believe that the Word tells me that Jesus Christ left heaven to come down in the form of man, to take on the sins of man on a cross, went to the pit of hell, took back the keys of death, hell, and the grave that Adam gave up in the treason that he committed. And then he came back and he said, guess what? You now, talking to the disciples, which are our, um, at that point, they're our representatives, Come on, somebody. 
And he looked at them and he said, you have power to tread on serpents. You have power to lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. You have power to stand up to the enemy. So my response when the devil comes at me, I'll tell you, and, and, and I'll, be, I'll be vulnerable and, and forthcoming with you, not always has, have I had the right responses. But I will not, re, I will not uh, rely on regret in my life. I will not retreat to regret. Because regret is a form of shame. And the shame that Satan can bring on your life will put you in a place of fear. And the fear that he rises up in your life will, will totally deplete your faith. So today I will stand and my response will be when if, if the doctor looks at me ever again with one of my loved ones and says anything that I do not receive, I will not shrink in fear. But I will stand up in faith and go, the Bible says, thank you, doctor. And, and you know what? I want to say this. I always say this, and I mean this. Thank God for the modern technology of medicine. I'm not against that. I believe that every good and perfect gift comes from God. But I'm telling you right now, I've seen doctors scratch their head. I've seen, I've had doctors look at me in the face and tell me there's nothing we can do. But I serve a God that has no end. He is not stumped at a prognosis. And so I will not respond with fear ever again. You say, how can you know that? Because I can make a decision in my life and I will stand up to the very pit of hell and tell everyone involved, Satan being number one, that God is a healer, God is a restorer, God is my Prince of Peace, He is everything I need. Trouble is a part of this life. And we all eventually will face trouble. But how we respond will determine the outcome. Come on, somebody. The natural tendency and the knee-jerk reaction is usually according to this world's mindset. And that's why we have to have our minds renewed with Christ. Did you hear what I just said? We cannot respond in a mindset of the unchanged world in which we live. This world has not been renewed. Only the people in it have been renewed. So the systems of this world are not godly. I'm not saying they're all bad, but the systems of this world are not from a God mindset. The system of this world is from a natural mindset. And I'm not even, I promise I'm not trying to be negative. I believe people do the best they can, even the ones I disagree with. I, be, I choose to believe in the good of people. But the good of people will only go so far. Because this natural state is not able to believe for the supernatural. That's why we have to meet these things from a mindset of godliness and righteousness and His love and not meet them in that knee-jerk reaction with fear, panic, disbelief. But as God's people, we've been empowered to think differently than the world. Somebody say amen to that. We've got to refuse. Somebody say refuse. Refuse. To let trouble, trouble 
move in you, move around you, and more importantly, move you. See, we don't have to react in fear when we find ourselves in a situation. Instead, we can go on the offense. Now, what do you mean by that, Pastor? This is what I mean by that. When I'm given a bad report from the doctor, I can either say, oh, well, okay, um, uh, uh, or I can very kindly. And, and see, I don't believe that a faith reaction should ever be rude to people. So many times we get so exuberant in our excitement about our faith that we don't pay attention to what our face looks like. Praise God. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> it's like, you don't look happy. Or when, that, when we make that declaration, we, when we go on the offense, remember our enemy is not people. Our enemy is not the doctor or the ex-spouse. Oh, what? Oh, yeah, some of y'all fight like cats and dogs with your ex-husbands and ex-wives, and then you come in here and you go, praise Jesus, praise Jesus, and then you be cussing them out on the phone. See, we have to respond According to the word, even when we, listen, when we have the natural right to tear them up. When we respond, it must be, if we want God to move, it must be according to the way God says respond. And when you respond that way, when somebody comes up, this is what gets me when I do nothing and I get half of a peace sign. Riding down the road. I am minding my own business. I'm just paying it, you know, I'm just going. And all of a sudden, somebody gets all tore up with me. My natural response <laughs> is to pull my britches up. I catch myself when I get aggravated, I start pulling my britches up. I don't know what that does. I don't know why that helps, but I start pulling my pants up. And I just feel, have you ever felt that? You just feel that burning. You, you just feel that, that response coming up. And you go, where did that come from? I'll tell you where it came from. You haven't cleaned it all out of your mind. Maybe it's entering, and, and I'm not going to meddle, I promise. I'm just going to say, that maybe it's entering by some of the things you're watching. Because if you're watching something that causes you to, uh, to stay mad, <laughs> change what you're watching. If you're watching something that makes you suspicious of everybody, change what you're watching. i tell you what, I've started this week, just actually a couple weeks ago, I've started getting up and I turn on one of my favorite pastors and I turn their service on. And I've not really done this before. I've always turned on messages and stuff. But I'm thinking, wait a minute, on Sundays we come in here and we prepare our hearts with music and we prepare our... So I want to start my every day for the last week or two 
has been I get up and I start one of my favorite pastors and their whole service. I just let it play. And it's about an hour and a half. And by the time I'm ready to go out the door, I have had church. Every day. Every day. I've been encouraged. I've been prayed over. I've had a chance to give if I want to give. Come on, somebody. See, I believe that we reserve the best thing that we get to do. We reserve it for one day a week. The best thing that we could ever do is enter into His gates with thanksgiving, into His courts with praise, be thankful unto Him and bless His name. And we get to fellowship with fellow believers that's believing in one mind and one accord. And do y'all know what unity does? How beautiful and lovely it is when brethren dwell together in unity. The anointing starts flowing down Aaron's beard, even down his garments. That's how we operate in the anointing. That's why God does such wonderful things. It's not because Sunday is special to Him. It's because we make it special to us. So I've just made my mind up. I get up every day. And I turn on in in my room, in my house, the atmosphere of church. So that I will get myself conditioned. So when I get out there and they start throwing them half peace signs, instead of pulling my britches up, I start responding with love. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that a kind word turns wrath away. That's what a kind word will do. It's not about being a sissy. It's not, being, it's not about being weak. Listen, meekness and weakness are not the same thing. That's why you have to operate in a God mind instead of a natural mind. Because this world says that if you're meek, then you're weak. I'm not weak. You're not weak. It's we choose to respond God's way. Jesus Christ wasn't weak on this earth. But you know what? You know who he stood up to? He stood up to those with the natural mindset And he had compassion for those that needed him most. Ain't that good news? That's good news. See, when you do that, here's what happens. You frustrate the devil. (laughs) And he don't know what to do with you. He don't know. He don't know nothing about what's going. He can't figure you out. If he brings, because... You can't be, while you're saved, you can't have God and the devil both at the same time in you. You can't be possessed by the devil and possessed by Jesus. But I'll tell you what you can be. You can be oppressed by the enemy. But when he starts oppressing you and starts bringing things around you and you respond with a smile, you respond with joy, you respond to the doctor's bad report with, you know, with hope, the devil don't know what to do with that. Will he stop? I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you that you are not paying him any mind. I want to remind you, he has no power. I know that's a big statement. Let me explain. Jesus Christ said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Well, if he has all the power, the devil ain't got none. What he does have is the power that we allow him to use that belongs to us. So I I refuse to give him the power of my joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength, you see. And when you give up your joy, you give him your power. I refuse to give him my peace because in a peaceful mindset, I think right and I live right and I move right. I refuse to give that to him. See, the Apostle Paul had plenty of reason to fear 
after he was arrested for preaching the gospel of grace and finding himself in the middle of a murderous mob is where he was. And after being in prison, he received a direction from Jesus. And this is what it was. If you can go to Acts, the 23rd chapter, verse 11. Acts 23, 11 says, And the night following the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul. For as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Paul refused to let dangerous situations intimidate him. When he finally set sail for Italy, y'all remember that story? His boat was caught up in a big storm and was, he was threatened to, to, to sink. But instead of giving in to fear, he chose to agree with the Word of God. You find this in, in Acts 27. Start with verse 22. It says, Now I exhort you. Now I exhort you. That means I, I give you this suggestion. I command you. Whatever. He's, he's exhorting you. He's, he's telling you this is what I, sum, I, I submit to you to you do. He said, I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. See, in other words, let me paint you a picture. The ship was coming apart. Have you ever felt like your life was coming apart? I have. Felt like you couldn't control anything. And you didn't like what was going on. Paul said, be of good cheer. He goes on in verse 23. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, <laughs> whose I am and whose I serve, whom I serve, saying, fear not. Paul, thou must be taught before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all, given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Woo! I know that's King James English. But Paul's confidence came from believing God's word. See, he believed that God's word was the ultimate truth. And nothing could overcome or change the ultimate truth. And I believe also that it's very significant that Paul's encouragement to be of good cheer came along with the command not to fear. See, a lot of people fear trouble because of the destruction that it brings. But because believers are in Jesus, you have power over trouble. Paul was riding a boat that was coming apart and he said, be of good cheer. I bet they were thinking, okay, tell us a joke. <laughs> and we'll cheer up. What? Be of good cheer? What do you mean be of good cheer? We're here in this storm. Because I know we're sitting here, we're sitting here in this, in this calm atmosphere right now. They're out in the middle of the water. I don't know if you've ever been on a boat and the waters get real choppy. It's not a very good feeling. On top of that, their boat was coming apart. He said, be of good cheer. And then he said, don't be afraid. What? What? Don't be afraid.
be afraid. The boat is coming apart. And then he said, yeah, but Jesus came to me last night. See, I believe what, what we need to understand is in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So when we spend time in the Word, what we can say when the ship starts coming apart, and our feelings and our emotions starts going everywhere, are you listening to me? Are you paying attention? That's when you've got to bring out of you what Jesus has spoke. So whatever you hide in here, I will hide his word in my heart that I might not sin against God. Do you know that trust or distrust and unbelief is the biggest sin committed by man? Because if you can only believe, there's an old song, only believe, only believe, all things are possible. You know it, come on. If I only believe. Only believe, only believe all things are possible when I only believe. See, 1 John 4, verses 16, 17, 18 says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. Ooh, that's good right there. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. And God in Him. Amen? Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so we are in this world. There is no fear in love. I said there is no fear in love. Do you believe that God loves you? There is no fear in love. What about this thing that I feel, that I feel that's, that makes me scared? You have to talk to it. Stop. No. Get back down. Get back down. You cannot come. You cannot have my day. You have to talk to fear. Fear is a spirit. And guess what? What Paul said to Timothy when he was just starting pastoring a church over in 2 uh, Timothy? Is it 2 Timothy or 1 Timothy? Anyway, in the book of Timothy, one of them. Said, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but power. But notice, he said, God has not given you the spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. Talk to that spirit. I will not fear. No, I will not be afraid. The Bible says I'm healed. So I'm healed from the head of my, the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. You say, but what about the symptoms? The symptoms is not God. I'm not saying, faith and denial are not the same thing. We're not denying that the symptoms are real. We're just denying that they have more power than God does. God is a healer and he can take away symptoms too. Herein is our love made perfect. Verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So here's why I want people to understand the love of God. Whose love is perfect? God's love. Is our earthly love perfect? Oh, Lord of mercy. They've even wrote songs about looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in too many faces. Hmm. I, see, you can't even go there. Don't, don't, don't. I'm just, 
You just stay where you're at up there. (laughs) We don't have to be afraid because our Heavenly Father protects us and delivers us from bad situations. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost on that one. Hallelujah. How many has ever been in a bad situation, but He delivered you? Hallelujah. How many has ever been in a bad situation and He swooped in and you didn't even fear? How many is that? I promise you today, if you're going through a bad situation, get in the Word, stay in love with Jesus. Remember, He's in love with you. See, it's very true that none of us are exempt from trouble. But... We defeat it when we respond supernaturally and not naturally. During his earthly ministry, Jesus repeatedly told others to cheer up in the midst of situations. I'm going to give you a few examples. Matthew, the ninth chapter in the second verse. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying in a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, uh, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven. In Mark, the sixth chapter, verse 47, and even was come. The ship was in the midst of the sea, and he along on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, and the wind was contrary. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking on the water. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and they cried out for they all saw him and were troubled and immediately he talked with them and he said be of good cheer it's I be not afraid hallelujah and then you go to Luke the 8th chapter I'm not giving you too much word am I (laughs) am I bombarding you with too much word listen don't ever let the devil tell you oh you're too religious maybe you are religious but don't be scared to use the word on everything Before you buy a car, go to the Word. Before you get into a relationship, go to the Word. Oh, come on now. Luke 8, 43. And a woman having the issue of blood for 12 years and had spent all of her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment. Immediately her issue of blood staunched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee with and pressed thee and said thou, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceive that the virtue has gone out. See, nobody else has to understand your prayers. Nobody else has to understand your desperation. Nobody else has to understand you're getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning to get in the Word. Nobody else has to understand you fasting and praying. Nobody else has to understand you getting serious with God and giving everything to Him. Nobody has to understand you you committing to Him on a higher level. But He said, somebody touched me and the virtue went out. And then He said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith have made thee whole. Go in peace. She was healed immediately. And then John 16, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Responding this way might feel strange and look weird to the world around you and uncomfortable in the natural. But lining up our thinking with God's world 
changes yours. I said lining your thinking up with God's world changes your world. I said lining your thinking up with God's world changes your world. Ooh, that's good stuff. I'm going to say it once more. Lining your world up with God's world changes your world. I'm so thankful today that I don't live in fear. I don't live in fear. I don't live in fear because I know the Prince of Peace. We can completely trust God that He will bring us out of whatever we're going through no matter how gloomy it looks because, listen, He honors the trust that you put in Him. And a joy-filled response is a powerful weapon against the enemy. Ooh, when the devil comes. And, and, and listen, your enemy is not with flesh and blood, but he might use flesh and blood. <laughs> Come on now. Your enemy is not flesh and blood, but he might use flesh and blood. So therefore, you're tempted to attack flesh and blood. And you know what that does? That leaves you empty. That leaves you shameful. Why? Because you didn't respond the way God said you could respond. A joy-filled response is the most powerful weapon against the enemy. When we respond correctly in faith, we position ourselves to receive supernatural protection. Amen? So, here's the question. What is your response? What is your response? Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for power. I thank you for love. I thank you for joy. I thank you for peace. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, for giving us power to respond by faith in who you are. Not about the world and not about what's going on, but in who you are. I respond according to who you are, God. I thank you, Jesus, for your grace. I thank you for your love. Come on, just focus on him just for a moment. God, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody just think about the the, the love that he has for you. And just begin to worship him. Just begin, you don't have to be demonstrative right now. Just, just begin to lift up a, a, a thank you out of your heart. God, I thank you. Thank you for in that time of trouble, in that time of, 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 of worry, in that time that I could have just really went to the mat. God, I went to my knees. And I responded the way that I thank you for leading me. I thank you for always having an answer in your word for what I need. I thank you for always having an answer for what I face. I thank you, Lord, that I don't have to respond just haphazardly, but I can respond with confidence according to your word.
Thank you guys so much for joining High Praises Church podcast today. We are so happy to have had you with us. If you just met Jesus for the first time and you want to commit your life to him, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. I open my heart and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for answering my prayer and saving my life. Amen. God is so good. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you and may he be gracious to you. Now, we want you to stay connected with our social. You can find us every Sunday and Wednesday on our Facebook and YouTube live at The High Praises Church and catch us on our Instagram at The High Praises. Can't wait to see you next week. Take care. Thank you.